0: The Digital Tourism Show, episode 224, is brought to you today by Tourpreneur.com, the podcast for tour professionals. Welcome to a special episode of the Digital Tourism Show. In this episode, I have the absolute pleasure of speaking with Shane Whaley of Tourpreneur. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Tourpreneur, I urge you to subscribe today. Tourpreneur is a podcast for tour operators, where he offers advice and news about the industry. But not only that, he speaks to other tour operators so they can share their stories and share their advice to help businesses like you grow and prosper. If you haven't subscribed, please do head over to tourpreneur.com and subscribe today. Where Shane also provides a daily, yes, daily email newsletter where he collates the latest news of that given day and sends it out direct to your email inbox. In this episode, I will be covering topics with Shane that have happened over the last 12 months as well as looking ahead to 2020 and what the future holds. So welcome to the Digital Tourism Show, episode 224. So it's good to see you again, Shane. I think Arrival was the last time we actually met in person. Um, your booth looked amazing. You looked like you had a lot of people coming up uh, doing you know, doing interviews with you, etc. So it must have been really good for 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 your own show. It was uh,
1: it was better than I could have imagined. I was a, a bit nervous beforehand because I've worked on booths before, but I've never had to organise one. You know, you know yourself being a mm. uh, an entrepreneur. You know, you have to wear so many different hats, which is why I called you know my podcast tourpreneur because you do the marketing, you know, payroll, taxes, mm. insurance, and both organizing is one. And I'm, you know, eternally grateful to Checkfront because they stepped in with Arrival and said, Hey, we'll sponsor Twitter, a specialty space. Um, it enabled me to produce content that I would not have been able to do mm-hmm. beforehand because what I've noticed with podcasting is if you go up to someone and shove a microphone under their nose, most people immediately like a camera or a microphone, most people get quite frightened off by that. Yeah whereas having prearranged uh, appointments and sharing some questions in advance and making it just a 10-minute espresso interview just to really get a little mm-hmm. snapshot of their business and some of the challenges that they, they face. Um, it was phenomenal. And, you know, you you put out a lot of content as well as being a digital marketing uh, ninja. You're also a content provider. Mm-hmm. And when people come up to you, but you must have had this after your book, Lookers to Bookers, where people come up, they shake you by the hand, they look you in the eye, and they're like, you've saved my business, or you really helped my business. Yeah. You know, we, we both look up downloads mm-hmm. and read reviews, and, and they're all great, but when you have that person to person contact, it's, you know, I was blown away, quite frankly, mm-hmm. because.
0: No, it's 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 amazing. No, um, it's, it, by doing it the way you did it with your sh- with your show and uh, allowing people to book up time with you, it's, it's it's almost like they can psych themselves up before they get there. So if they were a little bit shy or you know, wanted to talk talk to you and stuff like that, at least they can psych themselves up. But in terms of arrival with it with the book etc., you know it's the amount of people who came up to me who I've never met before just come up saying, "Hey, Chris! No, loved your book, love your videos, love this and that." And it, it's phenomenal, and, and, and that's what we try to install in our, our own customers, to say, look, content works. Put out good content, good videos, good podcasts, good written content, whatever that would be, you know, to sell your story, show your your personality, and that's ultimately what will open doors for you. And I'm a big believer in that. That's why I do so much of it myself. Absolutely, and I knew
1: about you before you know, I started entrepreneur because having been a former director at Get Your Guide, I came into tours from the hotel industry and I spent 13, 14 years in online hotels, tours was very new. So I used to watch your videos to educate me at get your guide about what it was like on the other side and what tour operator challenges there were. Mm-hmm. So I was very grateful for your content and you know, I gave a shout out to our friend Matthew Newton this week as well for his book, sell more tours, yeah. because that was very useful. As well, and I really recommend you know entrepreneurs definitely a book, to copy book. myself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he was saying it's a little out of date now, but I think the gist of what he's saying uh, is still true, and and that's the difficult thing, I guess. Even with your book, you know, two years down the road, the way things are going here in the United States, without getting political, some of the presidential candidates are saying, "Oh, we're going to break up Facebook." So that may look completely different in this time, right? You never know.
0: Well that's it but in terms of the, the, the fundamentals of marketing no it doesn't matter the platform doesn't matter what it is you use or, or the medium you use ultimately it's all about you telling a story so that is never going yeah. to change it's, so it's, it's just it's just adapting to the platforms that, that go into it um, but, but, no, um, I, I found arrival great um I thought it was a an amazing conference um, again once again
1: um, what I really liked Chris was I had some listeners of the show come up to me and say ah oh, you know We were on the fence about coming. It's a lot of money. It's time away from the business, Uh, but we've absolutely loved it. We've loved meeting all these ResTech companies face-to-face, meeting the OTAs, meeting other bike tours from around the country, and nobody came up to me and said, "Nah, Arrival's not for me. Everyone absolutely loved it, and Mm -hmm. that was really cool to hear because I know we are both huge supporters of Arrival, and we feel that listeners and viewers and subscribers should go and attend because it will help grow the Mm -hmm. business. And a large part of that for me is, um, and I'm not sure if Arrival really uh, would be happy with this, but I'll say it anyway, for me, Arrival now is almost like a school reunion in many ways, where you see people that you, you, know, you talk to online or you read their posts on LinkedIn, and then you meet in person, you have a beer or a coffee, catch up. And actually this year, because Arrival's getting bigger and bigger, there were people I couldn't get to see. So mm-hmm. Joe Robinson, uh, for instance, who was at um, Redeem, he's moved now. You know, we were supposed to meet up. We never got time. And there were various others that yeah. the time wasn't enough. So I like the learning. I love the networking. But also it is like having a couple of beers with people who are in the same boat as you. you know, yeah. We're all speaking the same language. Whereas, you know, I'm sure when you go to the football or have a beer with friends, they don't really get what we do you know, and, yeah. and to be around people who understand the challenges and frustrations,
0: and you can use acronyms that they understand. Uh, I love that about Arrival. Yeah, no, no, I'm exactly the same. It's, it's you know, meeting up with old friends and, and making new friends, etc. And that's, you know, that, I think, at the Arrival there uh, between me and Jessica, who, who at that point worked for me, now works for Arrival. Absolutely. Um, so, you no, know, we had about 40 meetings between us just that wow. arrival so uh, being able to network meet new people and, and most of those meetings weren't you know, I, again it's just part of my ethos No, you know we weren't there selling as such you know we told them about what we did but most of the people who came up to us was talking about you know how do i create a better experience on facebook or how do i attract people on facebook we're using ads etc and i was basically sitting there advising them for most of those meetings so um and then off the back of that that's you know we've, we've made some good business out of it so every year we make new customers from Arrival. So it's, to me, it's, the, it's a go-to event. I absolutely love Arrival. Um, and I'm going to just say, yeah. none, me and Shane both don't get paid from Arrival or anything. <laughs> we just it's love the event. True. So yeah. uh, we just love the event. So what was your, what was your one takeaway from, from Arrival last time? What, what would you say was a highlight?
1: Oh, well, I think what I heard the most. So here's the thing that was difficult, uh, different for me this year. You know, I had 25 interviews racked up, so I didn't actually get into any of the sessions. Mm. Uh, however... know what i experienced was people who are coming in to be interviewed what they were experiencing on the sessions and and the one that came back the most was the res tech debate and (laughs) it was really interesting to you know because my show we're we're mainly geared towards small to medium tour operators right so the big guys do listen but it's mainly smaller to medium that listen and you know some of them were like oh we were really shocked because you know, we work with Fair Harbour. We love our Fair Harbour account manager, our market manager. Support is great, but what we saw on stage was not what we thought the company was. Yeah, um, and I was hearing that from from different, uh, from quite a few different uh, guests that came on the show. So I watched the video and I could kind of see mm-hmm. <laughs> what they were.
0: Cause I thought, is this being blown up? Was it exaggerated? And that was a fascinating debate to watch. It was. I missed it as well for these out of the same reasons. Um, uh, but I watched the video later and um i felt the same no, it, was, it was almost as if uh, max was um came onto the stage almost in a defensive mode straight away straight off the bat um rather than just sitting there and discussing about how they can push the industry forward because in my opinion they all have a place you No, know, they all have their own uh, unique selling points um uh, but I, I just felt it was a very much a mm-hmm. defensive stance he took it right at the start uh, and it was sort of brating other Users or other booking platforms that were there, etc. And it's just, no, it didn't come across well at all. It really didn't. No, yeah. and the, the weird thing for me is, like, I interview a lot of our guests. I think if
1: I go back over the year, most of the guests, you know, Fair Harbor is the most popular booking platform they work with. So, you know, they're doing really well in the market. Yes, that they're aggressive in the market. They've been bought by the Booking Group, etc. But I don't think they had anything necessarily to come on the stage to be defensive about. Mm. It wasn't like they'd hiked up a ton of rates or, or something had gone down. Uh, so I was surprised by that stance, especially yeah. when you contrast it with Peak Checkfront and Resdy who who were pretty calm and measured and just talked about you know how they saw the market and what they are, uh, as opposed to kind of. I mean, the, the quote that Max came out with, I forget it now. It was something that some elephants die or something, and I was like, no, yeah. this is not that industry. This mm. isn't Wall Street, you know. Mm. This isn't an investing conference. The, the, the cool thing about our industry is we all share knowledge yeah we compete but we share knowledge we help each other out and we really see that especially with tour operators i always remember one of our shows um, Mike down in charleston runs a ghost tour and he had a really bad car accident he's hospitalized for six months or so and um, Bulldog tours doors jumped in and ran his tours for him they're a big competitor and they were like don't worry we'll help you out. him lose business for you and i see this throughout mm-hmm. you know our industry that and we'll get on to get your guide originals in a minute because that's going to be interesting how that goes down mm. in the marketplace. But yeah, I, I'm not sure if somebody had coached Max incorrectly or he, he didn't read the room was, was yeah. my opinion. It's a shame. Fair Harbor do a lot of good stuff. But what I will say is some of the Fair Harbor customers who I spoke with are like, yeah, we're not going to leave Fair mm-hmm. Harbor. We love our market managers. We were just taken aback yeah. by, by the
0: uh, you know, the stance. Yeah, No, I think a lot of people were. What you see. I think a lot of people will, But... No, it's, I, don't, I don't see it going to affect their business. Too. They're too big, to be honest. It won't affect the business that much, having that thought. Yeah,
1: and there was that central question, and I guess this is probably why Max felt he had his back to the wall because Bakun weren't up there. Mm. And, of course, Fair Harbour got bought by booking, and there was that discussion, should an OTA own a res system, et cetera. And I don't know what you find talking to, to your customers and people in the industry, but most of my listeners, they don't really care. Yeah. No, they don't, and I know. I know. Peter <laughs> makes the case that you know why would you let an OTA own your plumbing, and and I understand it. But most small to medium sized tour operators are like, I don't really care as long as it works, as long as it's a price I can afford. Um, it does everything that I need, doesn't give me any headaches. I don't really care who owns it. Yeah. Well,
0: oh, yeah, no, I, I agree to a certain extent. Um, not talking about uh, OTAs etc. I, I whether it's them buying up booking platforms or 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 them promoting their own businesses etc I know that OTAs have a place I think the, the OTAs should be there uh, to complement the suppliers and the operators and everything else to help them generate more business but what I, uh, what I agree with Peter uh, Peter Syme uh, in terms of uh, his angle on is I think OTAs are now getting to a stage where it's more of a detriment to the industry from a personal uh, perspective than it is as a, a help um, you no, know, a lot of businesses out there are, are looking to grow their own brands and grow their own businesses and actually be a business, um, but a few are hiding behind a, a TripAdvisor or a Get Your Guide or, or any of the other OTAs um, and your brand is not at the forefront um, and you're also not in charge of your own customer data, then to mm-hmm. me, that is a major issue. Um, you no, know, that recent article I wrote um, all about OTAs, you know, um, competing on Google Ads against their own suppliers and everything else. It's unsustainable. Suppliers just won't be able to afford doing their own marketing, as well as being on OTAs, paying the commissions, uh, as well as their operating costs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And all these little things. You now you're talking about bookkeeping and everything else, and the whole entrepreneur uh, aspect of it. It's how are they going to make money? Uh, so something has to change, and it's just unsustainable, in my opinion, at the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, I come to it from a, a different view. Mm-hmm. I worked for an OTA, you know, for you know, fifteen years or so on the hotel and the tour side. So I've seen how much money can be made mm-hmm. by two oh, operators sure. who work with OTAs. And you know, let let's be honest. You deal with Facebook ads, Google ads. You know that's not cheap, mm-hmm. and costs are rising. So if you are paying a paying an OTA twenty five percent, and you're getting you know good business out of it, and it's saving you from either trying to learn Facebook yourself and throw a load of money down the toilet, quite frankly, because it's a tough thing to learn. It takes a while. That's why there's people like you around, Chris, that do this professionally. Yeah. Or going with a, a digital marketing agency who's promised the world and doesn't deliver. There's a lot of that going on. And then you look at that 25%. I know Peter Simon is right. You know, you got to look at your bottom line and your profits. But then I do think, okay, how much time should you dedicate to running your own Facebook ads and Google ads versus getting out with your tour guides and doing quality evaluation exactly. or talking to your customers to find out, hey, you know, how can we improve this? How can we enhance it? What else would you like to see? So I I, I understand the dangers of it, um, but I do also know that OTAs have supported a lot of tour businesses. Oh, for sure. Uh, and I,
0: I know a lot of people might think I'm completely against OTAs. I'm not. Like I say, they have their place. Mm-hmm. They have uh they do help a lot of different businesses but i know i suppose i come come to it from the aspect of if if a business actually wants to grow their own brand and have their own brand name and everything else being seen in the industry then it's going to be harder relying no O t on for that because obviously a, a TripAdvisor logo or a get your guide logo or a Booking.com logo or whatever it would be is always going to be at the forefront. But where where does it there's always to me there should be like something like a uh, I don't know how it would work, but like a non compete clause. So if you if you are helping a supplier, you can't run ads against their own ads and that type of thing. So it's, it's there's, I think there's well, I think there's a lot uh, of things that should should come into it. So
1: you see, that, that does happen mm-hmm. if you have uh, enough clout. So mm-hmm. I don't think I'm betraying confidence this is because it's across the board. So at my time at Get Your Guide, Empire State Building would come after you. Mm-hmm. Their, their SEO police and SEM police would really chase you. And I know all the OTAs were threatened with uh, Empire State mm-hmm. Building walking away because they because the problem at, a, at an OTA, and again, I haven't worked at Get Your Guide for almost two years, right? So things have changed. It was the same thing at Booking.com. Mm-hmm. You've got almost this room full of geeks that are locked away in a vault and they're doing all the SEM. So there's not much conversation and they don't want to have like keywords that they can't use because they're running all these algorithms and whatever else. So occasionally you will get an error where Mm -hmm. suddenly an OTA will be, you know, keyword and you guarantee you get a phone call from the managing director Mm -hmm. saying, like, if this isn't off by the end of the day, we're ceasing working with you. So if you have enough clout, there there is almost that, no compete. But a rafting tour Mm -hmm. or a walking tour or a brewery tour, the OTA is just going to laugh uh, at you. Um, And then the other day I was looking at, I think this is the big difference I've seen. So in my time at Get Your Guide, you know, I would scream at them to spend more money on PPC and AdWords for some of our kind of secondary tours, so not the of duties and Empire Mm -hmm. State Buildings. But... You know for instance jeff who runs chicago underground donut tours you know promote that and i did see a couple months ago that suddenly they are spending a lot more money on those adwords now i don't know how jeff feels about that i'll have to ask him on a another episode of the Mm -hmm. show or maybe he wants to respond to this on on the facebook group uh he may be happy thinking well yeah i'm paying them 25 percent but i don't have to worry about my google ads they're taking care of it for Mm -hmm. me or he could be like no this is cannibalizing my own Mm -hmm. campaigns I want to be in control of it myself. Mm-hmm. This is something I and he's he's a from a marketing background, so yeah. maybe he does feel that way. But for a lot of uh, tour operators, you know, it, it, you're outsourcing all of that to an OTA. No, and I
0: completely get that. Um, no, from from our perspective, the and I don't want to dwell on this too much, but from, from our perspective, <laughs> it's. Uh, it's driving up the cost of Google Ads. So it's actually becoming to the stage now where a lot of operators, especially the smaller ones, just can't afford to do Google Ads. And a lot of them are now migrating over to Facebook Ads because it's a lot cheaper and actually more targeted, to be fair, but um, it's a lot cheaper option. Um, So it's, it's it's almost like Google Ads is now going to become just for the few rather than the many as such. Um, so it's, it's a double-edged sword. I can see the benefits, really the many is. benefits of the OTAs. But I also think it's having a, an effect on the industry as a whole. So it's, it's just finding that balance. And I just don't think the balance is there at the moment. So
1: You're right. And I hear the advice, like, just give the OTAs the tours that you're struggling to sell or mm-hmm. if it's, you know, a quiet period. But I know from experience, the OTAs will be all over you. if They want your top products. Yeah. They don't want your secondary. They, they want your mm-hmm. flagship product and they want it on their books. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it is tough to adhere to that strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm excited about with OTA. So last week I was at the America Outdoors Conference in Salt Lake City in Utah. Mm-hmm. Very, very different sector of the industry. Mm-hmm. It's one that I'm not that familiar with. I'm not really much of an outdoorsman. I don't ski and snowboard, and you know. Um, but at all those guys, like, with one guy I was talking to, he was asking me about OTAs, and I, and I had to say to him, "Look, I wouldn't worry about them just for now," because he runs snowmobile tours in New Hampshire. And what I can say is that you know the OTAs are not touching New. I mean, I'm sure TripAdvisor have product there, but they're not certainly not prioritising it. They're prioritising New York, San Francisco, Chicago, yeah. LA, etc. Those secondary, tertiary areas that they will come in time because the same thing happened in the, the hotel industry when I started my career in the OTI. I worked for a small British company called Active Hotels, and Active Hotels went on to be bought by a more well-known company called Priceline and oh, yeah. Booking.com. Um, but at that time, where Active Hotels did really well and ran rings around Expedia was because they, they had a system where you could be a small B&B in, in Inverness and you could work with the Active Hotel system. Mm-hmm. You couldn't work with the other OTAs at the time because they took money uh, you know, on booking, whereas the Active model was payment on departure. Yeah. But my main point is Active were able to get into those regions and deliver revenue. That's what I want to see. Yeah. And I do feel it's just a matter of time. So whether it's New Hampshire or Inverness, for instance, it's like, yeah, I want to see the OTAs promoting those areas because the big issue I've heard about this year is actually discovery. For sure. And how these more specialist tours get mm-hmm. discovered. That's the headache. And that's when they do need to use AdWords. But even then, you know, they've got to spend a yeah. lot of money to. Um, the crack of that. Um, that's what I'm excited about yeah. going forward. It's a
0: sustainability part of that as well, you know, if, you know rather than always promoting the, the heavy populated areas, it's it's telling people yeah. about and letting them discover the less known but equally as great, no destinations, et cetera, and cities, et cetera. So um, I this think that's why I was
1: surprised about booking this year. Um so, you know, we'll go on to this booking yeah. have basically shelved their experiences team, which was a big shock that was I think to everybody. Yeah. I still have not found out the reason why. So if there's any booking.com HR directors listening, uh, you guys have done a good job because nobody will talk to me. <laughs> They're all like, no, we can't say anything. And I know redundancies are, are at play and some people are moving within the organization, but that they've clammed up. Um, and the reason I bring that up, because I really felt that with booking, with the data that they have, mm. so let's say I did book a hotel in Inverness. Booking knows I'm there. And then they can flash up on the app, hey, here's three really cool tours or activities in Inverness that I may not be aware that there's a biking tour mm-hmm. or a particular walking tour or a whiskey tour, whatever it may be. And they're pushing that to me. So that's what I was really excited yeah. about. With, it's with almost a natural dog.
0: journey. No, you're booking out your hotel, your flights, your hotel, and then what can you do? What experience can you take? And it was sort of all fitted in. I mean, and if you think about it, they know like, oh, that person's in Inverness for five days.
1: We might be able to offer them a multi-day tour mm-hmm. of the Highlands and Islands. You yep. know, I, that, that's what I was, and I'm sure the others will get there. But I really felt booking were kind of in pole position just for the sheer amount of data they have. Mm-hmm. They it was a shock.
0: No, it was a shock, was especially when um, was it Glenn Fogle, the CEO. Um, was talking about just at focus right conference on the video he was talking about how you know, they were building that area up and um they actually although i found it quite funny about his coach saying they mostly deal with uh, or try to promote the, uh, direct bookings rather than using google ads etc which I, I i thought the irony on that wasn't lost on me um no. but uh, no after talking about that then literally a week or two later or whatever it was and then then announced another you know, pulling out or other I don't know, if, are they actually pulling out completely or are they just not bringing any new ones on board? Are they still going to offer um, experiences at the end of the booking and they're just not bringing any new ones? Or are they actually, is that then completely done, do you think? So
1: what I had heard, and bearing in mind, you know, it, um, this isn't confirmed, mm-hmm. but I'd heard that they basically got rid of all their experiences team. So you have to ask yourself if they're keeping attractions and experience, who's going to be managing those? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the press office did say we haven't abandoned it, you know, our strategy is still the same. Mm-hmm. So, we could argue, and again, I have no evidence to offer here, that Glenn might have turned around and said, Right, you know, this team are not recruiting a, a product at a speed that we need to compete. We're way behind everyone else. We're spending all this money on staff.
0: Why wouldn't they just use Fair Harbor? I was just about to say that maybe this is a precursor because they, they're not yeah. the, the agreement they have with Fair Harbor, obviously, is the of Fair Harbor, but they. They treat it as a separate company. I wonder if it's now going to be more integrated and that's Fair is actually going to be running that part of it. And to me, that makes more sense. Absolutely. And
1: I thought that from day one mm-hmm. is that's why they were buying it, to plug it in mm-hmm. and say, right, now we can have this connected trip that Glenn is often talking about. And I was lucky enough to work closely with Glenn for quite a while. You know, we, we have a good friendship and he's one shrewd guy. I mean, oh, yeah. you just got to look at that Priceline mm-hmm. stock price, for instance, compare that with Expedia, mm-hmm. compare it with TripAdvisor, and, you know, they've done amazing things under his stewardship. Yep. And most of the acquisitions that Priceline slash Booking Holdings have made were actually made by by Glenn. That was his department. Mm. So um, I was talking to a couple of booking people just last week. And what they did say to me was, like, you know, that they're really pleased to have Glenn at the helm. And he's doing really good things internally. So I don't think they've completely pulled out of the space. Why would yep. they? It's valued at 180000000000 billion. They're sat in all this data. I just think they haven't quite worked out. Mm -hmm. I I actually think they couldn't acquire at the speed they needed, Um, which is quite surprising really because that was part of my role at Get Your Guide and when I was at Booking.com and for them to walk into a tour operator and say, hey, we have all these people booking hotels with us in your city. We want to offer them
0: your tour. I'm surprised that they weren't able to acquire it at a quicker pace. I, I think maybe them and, you no, know, we talked about share prices, obviously, um, TripAdvisor, et etc., lost a lot of shares recently, uh, or the value of the shares. Um, and I think it's maybe because it's twofold. It's one, maybe they underestimated how hard it is to acquire this market or run it, a run in the tourist t- t- activities market, but also because it's not like flights and it's not like hotels where it's quite standardised. It's such a and that's sort of, when it comes to tech, it's it such yeah. a fractured industry in that sort of sense. And I think that's maybe where they're starting to realise, okay, right, this is going to take a lot longer than what we thought. Uh, oh, they blamed Google. I, I don't agree with that personally. Um, but um, I've got my own thoughts on that. But they, I just think they've, they've suddenly realised, okay, this is not going to be as easy a nut to crack as some of the other uh, industries like flights and hotels.
1: I think you're absolutely right. But then when you think about how... See, this is how I view it at booking, I think that tours and activities was like the ugly stepchild. They probably weren't getting the resources because mm-hmm. their stock price lives or dies right now by lodging and accommodation. So, you know, you know, was Ram's team given enough resource to actually build what I just described, you mm-hmm. know, pushing out tours to the app and things like that? Yeah. Or was it a case they were feeding off scraps and that's why they didn't grow as fast mm-hmm. I don't know, and again, I have no intelligence yeah. on that. It's just how I perceive, mm-hmm. having worked for OTAs, you know, it's really hard to get resource.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think it's the resource thing. It's just like I say, it's a difficult sector to crack. And you no, know, we've got people. And I know this is the same with other destinations as well. But you know you, Scotland, where I'm, where I'm from, you no, know, it's such a has really high rates of tourism coming over to Scotland, as you can imagine. But most. Two operators over here don't have websites or b- booking capability yeah. yet, so it's like that's why they rely so heavily on OTAs, etc. For that type of thing. Um, so when you've not got that aspect, and people are so far behind in this industry and in many destinations, that's been you know, That's that's why they're often bulking at zero point zero one. Percent whatever it was at the time and stuff. I know that's gone up since then, but um, they're just trying to get people on on onto a booking platform. Which and that part of the strategy that Tripadvisor had, I thought was a was a good strategy. Just get as many people onto a booking platform as possible and allow people to book online. I agree with what they did there, but um, maybe it just didn't happen quite as fast as what they hoped. And maybe their shareholders decided to know the investment they've had. And they've this, what the shareholders decided. Hold on, we am going to put the brakes on here a little bit or something. So I don't know.
1: Uh, Glenn, I mean, Glenn's got a, a track record of being quite ruthless, you know, mm. coming in. I mean, he's come in. He, you know, uh, the then CEO, Gillian Tans, is now chairwoman. Yeah. You know, he made that decision quite quickly. So, you know, he doesn't hang about. He won't let anything linger. He'll make those decisions quite quickly. So mm. my, my feeling is they haven't gone away from the industry. They will be back. I think they will plug into the Fair Harbour content and, and start using that. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't see why they would walk away from an industry that, you know, they, they need to grow. And it seems to me that they've got nearly, I don't know the percentage, but nearly every lodging in the world yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Right. So where, where do they grow? How do they grow? They've got car hire. Um, and also on their website, it was kind of hard to find the experiences mm-hmm. side as well. So I think they'll be back. Yeah. No,
0: definitely. No, I don't see any reason why they'd be, to be honest. Um, no, for, for keeping on this sort of track of the OTAs at the moment, you you obviously the get your guide experiences and all. Your, I know you had some thoughts on that. Um, what was your? Obviously, you you used to work then So <laughs> yeah, I did. And at the tail end of
1: my time at Get Your Guide, you know the whole originals came up, mm-hmm. and I was never a huge fan. And, and I'll, I'll tell you why. um And this was coming from the OTA perspective, not even from a tour operator perspective. But what I loved about my time at booking.com So I managed. I opened up. Scandinavian markets, I then opened up West Coast in Canada, oversaw a lot of offices, a lot of important markets. And I loved walking into a hotel with my market manager and saying, hey, our data is telling us if you have a minimum of eight photos, if you have a photo of the TV and a photo of the bathroom, hotels that have that increase their conversion. Mm -hmm. And then it was down to the hotel to say, okay, we'll act on that. We'll do it. We'll get someone in to take pictures. Well, they wouldn't. And that was down to them. And I love that, you know, giving the data to everybody, making it a level playing field and saying, this is what we've learned on conversion. Now, I don't know, because obviously I I left Get Your Guide a while ago, how that's working now. But there's a part of me that just feels, well, if they have Get Your Guide originals, are they just going to give all that data to their originals partner and not to the rest of the market? Mm Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that had I still been there, I would have struggled with Mm -hmm. because I want to see everyone take advantage of that data and succeed. And if anyone from Get You Guys listening, if that's completely incorrect and you're still giving that data out, then forgive me and I apologize and let us know. But that was what, you know, when you start to pick favorites in a market. Yeah. Um, and also on the, on the flip side of it, there is, I remember Tao Tao did his uh, Ask Me Anything at Arrival Berlin. And I got my microphone out, spoke to some tour operators. Hey, do you want to come on and share your views about Get You Get Originals? They were like, no. Don't want to come on air. Mm-hmm. We're really annoyed about it. We think it's compa- you know, competing with us, but they give us so much business. I don't want to go on the record, which I completely understand because why would you? Mm-hmm. Um, but I am hearing from the industry a lot of discomfort around this. And then there was the talk that my former boss, Johannes Reck, the CEO, gave where he was saying that you know, in a few years' time, he wants uh, 50% of their business to be get-you-got originals. And you just start to think, well, what does that mean? Like, if, if you're running walking tours in Edinburgh and they're coming in and branding another walking tour, what does that mean for your business? Yeah. And Why should you bother working with Get Your Guide? Mm-hmm. If they're just going to have that one favored walking tour yeah it's it's, okay. it's it's
0: it's going to go it's obviously they're trying to go along the model of you know, airbnb or you know the airbnb experiences or even you no know, tours by locals as well you no know, because they, they, they're always branded up tours by locals and they use their own guides and they actually train up their own guides as well and put them out, out there and stuff like that. so they're obviously been looking at that model and thinking okay but for whatever reason they like that model rather than trying to be another no advisor or whatever that would be so maybe I can see maybe why they're doing it because they're trying to do something different uh, from your TripAdvisor etc but um but no other people out there are doing it you know, like I said tours by locals and airbnb so um it's, it's a funny one it's a, it's a funny one no, if, if you're a, if you're just a, a an operator who does tours themselves uh, and you and you don't really want the the aspect of running a business then yeah no Tours by locals or a get your guide experiences mm-hmm. or Airbnb experiences, perfect. That's probably the ideal situation you can be in and just take a passive income from it. No. Um, but if you don't want to be a, a, an Uber driver as such and actually be your own business and be your own brand, then it's not going to be for you.
1: Yeah, and I think, I mean, I get it from a brand mm-hmm. perspective as well because I think it's fair to say there is no brand loyalty in tours and activities yet. Um, you know, there's some global players like Greyline, mm-hmm. for instance, or maybe City Sightseeing or Big Bus, but generally... You know, like, you know, I went on a tour in Salt Lake City. I only know the name of that tour operator because we work in this bubble, yeah, right? But yeah. if I was Joe Public, I would not be able to tell you that it was city sites who ran that tour. Mm-hmm. So I think what Get You Got are trying to do is to build the originals up. So let's say I've come to Edinburgh, but a really good experience on a Get You Got originals. I'm going to Berlin. Oh, I wonder if they have one of those originals tour, Get mm-hmm. You guide. Yeah. I think that's also a route to them building that brand. And and I get it. You know, they have a lot of criteria mm-hmm. in order to be a Get You Got original. Johannes was saying, that I think it's their average score was 4.8 out of five, whereas their average across the board for mm-hmm. most of their products, of non original product, is 4.4. 4. Um, so I get it. They're creating, they're trying to create a standard, which we've talked about a lot yeah. that hotels, the star ratings, et cetera. We don't have that in tours. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree with you it, it, in, in some ways that it, it's a double edged mm-hmm. sword. I like the standard, you know, creating yeah. standards. I get they're trying to build a brand. But in the shoes of a tour operator i'd be very very nervous
0: yeah and, and you made a good point you now when you mentioned you no know, gray line and you no know, big boss etc cetera, etc cetera, and all that's technically and they're probably going to hate me for saying this but they are technically for once of a better word an ota as well you no know, it's it's people who yeah. buy into the brand you know that it's like whether it's a a licensee or or a franchise or whatever it be, you're buying into that brand, but that's people consciously thinking, okay, I want to run my business, I want to change my brand from this to this, because they value that brand, No, no, Greyline, etc. they're all got amazing brands, they're well known across the world, so why not? And then, and obviously that's what Get Your Guide are trying to do with that as well. So, so yeah, it it can be, it can work for big businesses as well, but it's, it's, it's one of those big businesses that would want to, if you can imagine like a, a Greyline Orlando, for example, no suddenly going, not going to be Great Line Orlando anymore. We're going to be Get Your Guide Originals. It's, it's going to be a harder nut to crack, I would have thought.
1: Yeah. And what happens when? So, as I understand, listening to Wilfred Fan at Kluke at um, Arrival Bangkok, he was saying that there wasn't a route they were going to go down. Mm. But That could change because all these OTAs are looking. And if they see Get Your Guide achieving success with originals, they're going to pile in. So, what are you going to have? Kluke Originals and Expedia Originals mm. and it's, it's again
0: going to be a very interesting marketplace oh, yeah, with everyone picking favourites. Yeah, and look, it's going to be, well, you mentioned the speed, it's going to be interesting what they're going to do now after <laughs> after their CEO, he said, so wow. all, all resigned. Uh, so it's, uh, was it Mark? Was it Orkin Storm? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alan Pickerel. So it's, that was that was a shocker. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one. Um, but it just shows you that how, like I said, we mentioned earlier, just shows you how volatile this, this industry is in terms of them trying to crack it. Um, so obviously they had a lot of disagreements and some, I don't know what those disagreements were, but obviously didn't align with, with what Xperia are trying to do. So
1: Yeah, and it's, it's, it's all tied to the stock price for these big public companies. Once that starts yeah. plummeting, then as we know, heads start to roll Barry Diller, you know, he's not anyway, he's not uh, shrinking violent either. He will he will take action where needed to protect the business. So I don't, but you know, I don't know how you feel about the tours and activities with, with Expedia. I don't come across them so much. I don't really come across them promoting their tours. Yeah. Not many of our guests have really talked about them as a, an OTA that delivers a lot of bookings for themselves. So again, you would think maybe they suffer the same issue I discussed with uh, booking, where Maybe they are not getting the resource at Expedia in order to build this into a real kind of OTA for tours and activities because
0: they've got the data. Oh, they've got the data, the yeah, and they're a massive company. I think, you no, know, obviously they're bigger in Europe, I believe, than they are uh, anywhere else. But they, I always remember um, Expedia, and you know, when we back way back in the, the day when we used to develop websites and various other things as well, etc. You no, know, when you actually looked at the systems Expedia had at that time and maybe even st- still today, that they were still quite far behind some of the other tech companies, uh, in that sort of yeah. sense. Um, so, uh, and I think they're maybe playing a little bit of catch up uh, in terms of that. So I think that's what the sort of process they're still going through. Um, no, uh, I would hate to say it, but that's one of the reasons why Thomas Cook went under. No, they, but they were playing catch up. No, they they mm-hmm. they left it a hell of a lot. Uh, left it too late to to at the forefront of the industry in terms of you think of them and of data Thomas Cook would have had as well with all the shops that they had and everything else and the flights the accommodations the experiences that they had and everything else and and the packages that they offered they should never have went under um, but they just left things a lot too late and um, and I think Expedia are are still going through that phase as well personally but which is why I always
1: felt and again I I don't have any evidence for this but I always thought Expedia were going to come in and buy Get Your Guide at some point Mm. Yeah. I thought it would either be booking would buy them because at that time get your guide were an affiliate partner mm-hmm. at the end of your booking hotel there was a get your guide link plus case coolin the former ceo of booking was on the board of get your guide but i always had a feeling that Expedia would would come in and buy Get your guide yeah
0: I, I just that's what i'm saying i just think that they just do things that a little bit slower than what they maybe should yeah. have done um and i think that's maybe why they are where they are at the moment so <laughs> Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I'm just, I've, I've got a funny feeling we're going to hear more from Expedia, um, for good yeah. or for worse, over the next year or two. I think. Yeah, I don't hear much from them. That's the thing.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like I, I never hear on the tours and activities side anyway. Maybe that will change with yeah. the, you know, the the new order over at Expedia, uh, or will they just double down on their lodging product and mm-hmm. flights? And if if that has sunk down, I think another interesting thing that I observed with. Uh, Johannes Rex talk in Berlin where he said, you know, get your guide is number one in Europe. uh, We're number two in the United States and soon to be number one. Now, obviously a few years ago, I was privy to those numbers. Um, There was a big gap, quite frankly. Uh, But looking now, for instance, you know, when I was in Salt Lake City last week, I pulled up both apps and TripAdvisor, this was the score, right? It was like a rugby score. TripAdvisor 68, get your guide four (laughs) in terms of activities. (laughs) Now, again... Salt Lake City, lovely, lovely place, but I, I'm guessing it's a secondary or tertiary city. I'm mm-hmm. pretty confident that Get Your Guide haven't really focused on Salt Lake City yet, which, um, you know, there's a lot of outdoor activities that go on there. There's, you know, like I say, TripAdvisor had 68 activities. Yeah. So w- when he says they're going to be number one quite, you know, soon in the U.S., I did kind of raise my eyebrows yeah. and thought, is that just, you know, fighting talk? Um and then, you know, I'm not privy to the value that they're delivering in their biggest cities, but I'm pretty sure if I did an audit of these mm-hmm. secondary and tertiary destinations, that trip would be some way ahead.
0: Yeah, no, I would agree. I would agree. And yeah, just go back to your point about, you know, you know possibly buying, get your guide, et cetera. No, it, it couldn't help now with the amount of investment they've had. Well, no, it's, no, it's... that's, that's... <laughs> It's impossible for anybody to buy get your guide. Unfortunately, get your guide are now in a position where they have to make it work, um, yeah. or they're going to have and to again. sell it cheap. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, and you know, I'm being pretty candid mm-hmm. on on this uh, chat today. I mean, I, if Johannes listens, I'm not picking on you, mm-hmm. but he also said, "Focus, right? You know, yeah, SoftBank or an investor, but they're just along for the ride." And I was like, "No, like." No one's chipping in millions just for the ride, and the whole SoftBank thing—it's like it's like you and I putting money on Rangers and Celtic to win the title because yeah. they pump money into Kluke and they pump money into into get you
0: guys. It's a really after throwing money about, I'm sure we can take some to help promote the podcasts and shows and everything I'm else. I'll sure we'll really take Softbank. some. Yeah. There, there's a punt for you. You could do that. Yeah, <laughs> they're just along for the ride, right? Yeah. I mean, exactly. you know. <laughs> but uh, no it's it's, 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 it really is it really is interesting and I know we've obviously spoken about uh, Groupon and Amazon what they're possibly going to be doing etc Groupon are a funny one in my opinion because especially here in in Europe um, Groupon are seen and still seen by many as uh, as a as a provider of huge discounted products, whether it's tours or other products, or restaurant, you know, going out for a bite to eat and everything like that. And I think that is one of their issues. Um, I know they're trying to really get into this space and grow this space within the tours and activities market, but I think a lot of people will only use them because they expect huge discounts. Um, and a lot of operators just can't provide the discounts that they're looking for. Um, and I think they've got a bit of a, an issue with the brand because of that. Um, they really have got a lot of work to do to overcome the discount sort of look and feel to the brand. Um, I don't know if they can pull it off, to be honest. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. But.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, because at Arrival Orlando, there was a poster in the foyer, which was something like Groupon, you know, and it was something, I, I'll i have to pull up the image now of the photo, but they, they said no discounts or whatever else. And I was like, okay, interesting. And I went over to their stand and I spoke to someone who was there, and she didn't really know what was happening. And then I said, look, you know, can you get your sales director to call me? I'd love to get him on the show because a lot of our listeners are confused. Uh, because she was telling me, no, no, we're not deep discounting on, on the tours side. Yet, you know, I spoke to someone fairly recently who's a tourpreneur and said, no, no, they made us discount. And maybe they have a two-pronged approach. Yeah. Um, but, I would, you know, I, I would love love them to come out on your show or ours and just sp- explain a little bit more about what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, but I, I fear you're right, and also what I've heard from our listeners is um, when they have run deals with Groupon, because I think it used to be if you worked with Viator, you were automatically added to Groupon. There was something that... Yeah, that really happened to be not-
0: Simon, again, to, to mention him. No, uh, he had some one of his tours through uh, Viator, then, and yet all of a sudden, he came on Groupon, and, and, all that, yeah. and it just happened automatically, and it wasn't really the type of customer that he was trying to attract. Um, so it's... And, you know, I-
1: and I also heard that the, the discount buyers are the absolutely worst for leaving bad reviews. They're expecting you know, a lot more uh, you know, quality or whatever it may be, and they're quick to leave yeah. negative. And that's weird, isn't it? You get a 50% off a hotel room or an, an activity, and then you leave a crappy review. Mm-hmm. And I, I worked for a couple of years as VP of sales at a company called Secret Escapes, which oh, yeah. um, I'm sure you'll be familiar yeah. with in the UK. So they did flash hotel deals, deep discounts, but only four-star and up. And I got talking to a lot of these hoteliers, and they, they won't touch Group One with the barge ball. They call them the Ramen Noodle Brigade and, you know, <laughs> or the Pot Noodle Brigade for your British listeners. And I, I don't mean to be snobby here at all, but what they were saying was um, those customers would come in, they'd buy cans of beer for their room and sandwiches. They wouldn't spend it. And the whole thing about the flash deal is those hoteliers, yeah, they want to fill up some rooms, so they want you to have a couple of drinks at the bar or maybe a meal yeah. or a breakfast or, you know, something. And they never did spend that. That is outside. the whole point.
0: Is because it's people looking for something cheap, you no? Know, and, and that's yeah, fair enough. That's a, a viable market to go after if, if that's what you want to do. But if you're a four or five star hotel and you want people to come in and take a meal, etc., then that is not the customer you want. They are going to just go out and go to McDonald's or bring in McDonald's and have a couple of uh, cans of beer. Uh, other, other burger chains yeah. do exist, by the way, in case there's any. <laughs> but uh, no, it's just no, that, that's not the customer you're, you're going to try to try to attract if it's a four or five star hotel. No, it's. Yeah. yeah so that's
1: that's interesting but no, think they're should... going to do something different i mean let's 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 see what mm-hmm. they do I, they've been very very quiet about it but mm-hmm. yet they must have pumped a fair bit of money into a rival to be a launch partner yeah. uh you know that doesn't come cheap no. so maybe they're going to take this seriously mm-hmm. but there's that and you were quite right to mention amazon there was discussion a few months ago and some of our listeners said they'd been approached by amazon confidentially they weren't allowed to say much about it uh but i haven't heard any more about that and I'm reminded that a few years ago, Amazon were going to come into um, the hotel space, mm-hmm. and they, in fact, they were in the United States for a grand total, I think it was of three months, and then they just pulled the plug mm-hmm. and said, yeah, this isn't for us. And I always admired them for it, a bit like maybe what's happening with booking, where yeah. they were like, oh, yeah, this is a lot more difficult than we anticipated. Yeah. And, you know, I dodged a bullet there because they headhunted me to to head up their sales division for the East Coast. Wow. And, you know, it's Amazon. I was really tempted. But in the end, I said, no, I'm loyal to Secret mm-hmm. Escapes. I'm going to stay. And then a month later, they go. <laughs> I'm like, oof. Wow. Dodged a bullet. <laughs> Big time. Big time. So uh, what do you think they're up to? Oh, you heard no,
0: They are for sure. Uh, they're getting into so many different things now. They are. They want to be. For want of a better word, the the Walmart of the online, which they are already with everything else they do, so they want to bring in activities, they want to bring in tours, they will eventually come back into the hotel space again. I would be surprised if they eventually do flights and become what Virgin are at the moment. No, they have probably get aspirations for that as well at some point. So, um, uh, they will come back into it and you know, I've been hearing sort of similar rumors as well of, that they've been approaching certain operators etc. And, and trying to. Bring that part of the business in, and, and so it makes sense for you no, know, the, the, the biggest online retailer there is in the world. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't you have something on there where people can buy an experience and give it off to a gift for a loved one or, or just to pick up yeah. a holiday or, or anything? Like that. It's, if it becomes a a one stop shop for pretty much everything, it's, it's very much like WeChat in America where you can get everything on WeChat. It's like that. If they can do that uh, in terms of uh, the Western market, then yeah, and they are going to make that. I would be surprised if someone like Amazon would come in and buy one of the OTAs or buy one of the uh, booking systems or whatever it would be to integrate even more. No, I wrote an article a while back, um, a bit more tongue in cheek, but I still think it, will, it could happen about, you know, Facebook buying TripAdvisor, for example, but that doesn't mean to say Amazon could buy TripAdvisor or, or something, they, they have the money to do it. Or even an yeah. Apple, Even an Apple, I think Apple will come into this space as well, so they're, they're developing autonomous vehicles. That will no doubt uh, bring in uh, tours and things up like within that as well. So there'll be other companies out there that we we don't realise who will come into the space at some point.
1: Yeah, this is, I always say it's like the gold rush right now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Everyone's rushing to the west to to dig for gold. Some companies are you know meters away from the seam and and giving up, yeah. and then others are you know like get your guy. You Got to give them credit; they've been around for a mm-hmm. long time at this. They've had a lot of learning, and I think that's that's the key to acquisition. If you think about it. Get your guy. have got ten years of mistakes behind them, whereas if you want to start fresh, mm-hmm.
0: like an Amazon, I mean, you've got all those mistakes to make. Whereas if you come yep. in and buy that knowledge and
1: expertise.
0: Mm-hmm. And that, to me that makes makes more sense for Amazon or Facebook or however they're looking at the industry what's happening just now over the last three or four years. They'll see how turbulent it's been and the, success, the successes as well it's had. Um, and then within a few years time they'll go when things maybe look as if it might it might take another five years but if it starts to get a bit more standardized and the things like that, that's when they'll just come in and go I'll have that and mm-hmm. they'll, they'll enter the space. The company
1: we haven't talked about because they're primarily concerned, they're an OTA, but they're concerned mainly with attractions, is tickets with a queue. Hmm. Luke Elzinger's companies because they got 60 million from Airbnb, which was a puzzler to me because yes. it seems to be different from Airbnb experiences, whether again they'll merge them at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. But, you know, well done to the tickets team because yes. I. I had fears about them. I didn't know if they, they could last with all the money being pumped into get your guiding cloak and up against trip.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I was a bit worried for, for tickets and that's not because I've heard anything bad about them. I think they're a great company, but it's taking
0: real deep pockets to compete in yeah. this space. And so that's, I was thrilled. that's going to be a, um, it's going to be an issue for many of the booking. No, I think was a rival. They, they mentioned something like the 150 booking platforms out there and reservation systems or whatever yeah. it is. It's incredible. No, it's, within the next five years I'd be lucky if there's going to be 25 of them or 50 of them sort of about no, it's um, unfortunately there's going to be acquisitions some are just going to fall to the wayside and there are a lot of good companies Ticket, as one. there are a lot of really good companies out there um, and I like the aspect that they are more independent no, it's one of the reasons why I like things like Peak Pro and all the other ones yeah. because they are independent They're, they don't have a Fair Harbour or a TripAdvisor hanging over their head and uh, shareholders are sort of saying you need to make this and you need to make that um, There, there is always going to be a place for an independent system um, uh, but you yeah, it's there it has to be consolidation that it can't continue with 150 different booking platforms.
1: Yeah, you say that Mike. my eye opener last week was so there was a massive kind of you know exhibition area, vending area, and I was like, wow! So Peak were there, they had a mm-hmm. booth, Fair Harbor had a booth, Fly Book, and I didn't realize until last week that Fly Book actually started out, uh, which was a booking engine for fly fishermen and fly <laughs> fishing tours. So they're kind of of that, ilk, yeah, yeah. Right, so yeah. it's like got them being there. Um, and then there was these other uh, booking platform guys that I, I, I was not familiar with. And when I was asking around some of the attendees, oh, who are you using for your online bookings? It was two or three of these adventure booking platforms mm-hmm. that I want to say like 90% of people were using. No one said Peak. Yeah. No one said Fair Harbor. It was these guys. And you know, I said to Douglas Quinby, because we had dinner together, I was like, I hadn't even heard of these guys. Are they in the 150 that we think are out there? So I think by niche, mm-hmm. maybe... Yeah, yeah. You know, if you've got someone who's like, yeah, you know, w- we're just going to specialize on food tours or yeah, we're just going to specialize on ghost tours. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's sustainable as a business. I don't know the margins mm-hmm. and, uh, and the finances, but I think, yeah, then I could see a, um, a smaller booking platform working because, you know, you're running a food tour. They understand the challenges. They understand what you need to run that food tour. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think it will be a bloodbath, you know, and I hate to say this, but every time I attend an arrival, I think, Oh, you know what booking platforms are not going to be around this year that I met last year. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and it's, it's a market economy, it's competition, it's, it's what happens, but you know, it's,
0: yeah it's actually quite funny and you know i do this similar thing where i take uh, there was a a roller banner of all uh, it wasn't obviously all 150 but i had quite a lot of booking platforms on it i took a photograph of it and if they have a similar thing every year i go to arrival i take another photograph of it and just sort of see what the differences are each year on year (laughs) see who's dropped off or merged or, or so yeah it's quite an interesting one so what would you what would you say was your uh, to, try to sort of finish off more positive notes, etc. So, what, what would you say is your your highlight of the year? What what, what sort of stood out for you uh, in 20, 2019? There was a lot because obviously,
1: tourpreneur started in January of this year. It was a an idea. Well, Did I get for past your time. first year? Or
0: yeah, close, close just about. Year, yeah? A couple of weeks ago, no, just
1: about. Um, and you know, when I was at Get Your Guide, one of my frustrations, and I think every sales director experiences this, that you are so involved in. Strategy meetings. I think eighty percent of my time, that I was involved in recruitment mm-hmm. because we were building a big team. That um, I just didn't get enough time to get out and sit with two operators. Yeah, I sat with Empire State Building and you know Disney and all of those, but I never sat down with a, a brewery tour or walking tour. Yeah. So you know, I'd always, always. But they fascinated me, and what fascinates me about this space more than any other is if you have a passion for local breweries that you can build a tour around it and you can make a living out of it mm-hmm. yeah it's tough it's hard it's not easy at all uh and i love hearing these stories of how people are oh yeah i was a lawyer but i got fed up of all that or i got fed up in the corporate world mm-hmm. now i run brewery tours or a punk rock walking tour of new york and i love what i'm doing every single day i get out of bed with a smile on my face and i think for me that's been the real highlight is yeah. speaking to people who are you know, happy to go to work, happy to build a business. They love, you know, that seeing smiling faces mm-hmm. on their guests. Um, and also just what's available in terms of technology. If you think, I was joking with someone the other day about, you know, 20 years ago, even 10 years ago to an extent, marketing, you'd put an ad in the paper and wait for the phone to ring. You had no idea if that ad was resonating. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know more than anyone else, Chris, you know, you stick a Facebook ad up, You see straight away, oh, it's not converting. Let's change the image. Oh, now it's converting. Oh, now it's not. Let's change the title. All all of the ninja tricks that you guys do, we're able to do within a matter of days to kind of work out if that ad Mm -hmm. is effective or not. Um, So I'm really excited about more people discovering more of the specialized tours. Like everyone who goes to New York City know they can get a, you know. Actually, I say that about the Empire State Building. One of my frustrations always used to be, still is. I was there last weekend. I walk past the Empire State Building and I see a big line of people outside. That's just the line to buy a ticket. That's not the line to get it. And I'm like, you've all got smartphones. Yeah. Just Flip up the phone, use get your guy tickets, TripAdvisor, whatever. Like book at least book your ticket to get in there. Yeah. Uh, so we have a long way to go, even we with the, the big, big names. But I, I really look forward to smaller tour operators using the technology that's out there. Because let's be honest, as well, that yes, of course, you know your business. Uh, relies on paying customers that are like, yeah, I don't have time to do it. I don't have time to learn it. I don't have time to make mistakes with Facebook. I'll give my money to Chris. Let him go do it. But for people who are just starting out, who don't have any revenue, there's YouTube videos. You know, your channel is like I said at the start of the show. You know, I learned so much through watching you. Even when I started tourpreneur, and I, I, I always share that I just sp- paid 400 bucks for a me- you know a session with someone. And then the next week, you put out a show that basically covered what she told me for the four hundred. I'm like, wow, Chris would have just saved me four hundred bucks, <laughs> right? So I am excited about yes. Um, I'm excited about more arrivals next year. Mm-hmm. I think they get better each year. For I think sure. they are listening, they're learning. This week, uh, Skift announced that they are having a one day tour. That's interesting. For yeah, one day summit for for tour operators. Mm-hmm. And let's be clear, because Rafat reached out to me and said, no, no, no. He said, you know, we're not competing with a rival. This is for the multi-day tour sector, which is still a really important sector. Certainly is not. A
0: lot of our own customer base is is multi-day. No, We have obviously a lot of day tour companies here as well that we help, but multi-day is such a huge part of the industry as well. And and that that is a funny one because it's only really tour radar that that are the OTA that helps with that. No, everyone else hasn't. Really looked at that market or cracked that market yet? So it's, um, but the guys at they radar do a really good job of that side of things. And yeah, um, I but, think
1: get your guide will get in. I think mm-hmm. right now they want to do day tours with get you get originals, then they're going to move into multi day yeah. tours. And maybe that is something where they, they can be, you know, I think you know, more successful. Mm-hmm. Um, the best multi day tour I ever did was actually in your home country of Scotland. I did a rabies tour, oh, islands, and yeah. islands and islands. One of the best tours I, I ever went on. It yeah. was just, you know, you sit back in a minibus, let someone else drive, someone else sorts the hotels out, mm-hmm. the tickets. for Anyway, I can go on. But So that's exciting. And then also on the back of that, Chris, you know, there was a – I wasn't able to attend it, but there was, I think, a one-day event uh, or a half-day event at World Travel Market this mm-hmm. year for tours and activities. Yep. There was a, a day at ITB in Berlin. Mm-hmm. So these are big powerhouse names, WTM, ITB, Skift, who are all mm-hmm. now – taking our industry seriously it's yeah. almost like they're like oh yeah we've ignored this sector mm-hmm. and what i love about you know rival that every year they're getting more and more attendees mm-hmm. and you know i'm hoping the skift event draws a good crowd as well yeah. because if they don't these people are not going to run the events but i i know and you know from your subscribers and viewers that entrepreneurs are hungry for information they're hungry to learn they want to take that knowledge and implement it in their business because there are a lot of empty suit gurus out there that will charge them you know, a load of money for so-called marketing advice, and they don't understand the language of tours and activities. Uh, you do. You're in the middle of it. You, this is what you do. Tom Cratch at TRK is another yep, that he's does another it. Tom guys. is do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The, these are the good people in the industry. So uh, I'll shut up now, but I'm really excited about <laughs> next year and the
0: years after for tours and activities. This yeah. is why we do what we do. No, And you had the nail on the head. what is why I put out so much free content. So yeah, I run a business. I run a marketing agency. I've I got staff to pay. I obviously need to make money to, to, to keep the business going um and to make my wife happy I've got a wage coming in and feeding the kids but um oh, yeah. but the no I'm a big believer of in terms of when you're when you're doing marketing is as offering as much free advice as possible I want to see the industry grow um I want to educate the industry as much as possible um because at the end of the day people will off the back of that will just come and approach me anyway and ask for our help if we need to if they need to et cetera. no we can't i'm i'm I understand that we can't help everyone there's a lot of small businesses out there just don't have budgets for marketing etc or, or using an agency for marketing so being able to sort of say look this is what you need to do and then maybe a few years down the line when you are at the stage where you want to you know work uh, on your business rather than in it, and you do want to look at an agency, then that's we're here for you. But by giving that free advice, you no, know, I, I want to see the industry grow as a whole. Um, because uh, it's such an uh, as our, as our I've always says for me, I'm the same, it's, it's, it's the best part of travel. You no, know? no one really remembers the flights they take or the hotel that they stayed in, but they'll always remember the experiences they had in a destination. And that's why to me, it is the absolute spine and backbone of, of the industry,
1: absolutely. And, and here's the thing your book right now, up until 31st of December, look as the book as is five bucks, that's a pint of beer. Or maybe half a pint in London. Yeah, London, yeah, yeah. I don't know about you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I live in Vermont. <laughs> but no, it's, uh, yeah, I thought, again, it's, it's, it's one of these things, no, I don't make money from the book. It's purely there to, you know, uh, I, basically, the, the money that I've made so far is, is, is basically to cover the print costs, because it, yeah. like so it wasn't a cheap book to print, like 400 pages, et it wasn't a cheap book to print. So, yeah, I thought now um, the print side of it's um, uh, sold out at the moment. I'm hoping to do another print run. But uh, so I thought with a digital one, but Christmas coming up in January is always a busy time for for, for tour operators use or for most tour operators. Um, why not stick up for a fiver? And if it gives, if, if it helps someone you know, for five pounds and book a few extra tours, then to me, it's done the job. So
1: Yeah. I, and, uh, you know, I have both versions. I have the the print version because I'm old school, but I love having it on my Kindle as well when I'm away from the office or if I just want to quickly search for something. So. Thank you for making it available. Someone asked me the other day on Instagram uh, Are you going to release an audible version? (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, it doesn't really lend itself to that because there's pictures and guides and workshops within it, so... Um, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think, think someone having have... 400 pages of listening to me do a, an audio thing might work too well, but I don't know. Maybe not, maybe, yeah, yeah. but uh, I, I would need to probably use a translator for it as well, if that was the case. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what I said to, to her. I said, well, I dip in and out of your book. I don't read it mm-hmm. cover to cover. It'll be like, oh, I need to do some work on Instagram and let yeah. me go and read up That's on a That is great if the book. It's no, broken playlist. up into those
0: no sections, so you can do that, so.
1: Yeah absolutely so thank you for relying it not because I, I rely on it a
0: lot mm-hmm. not at all not at all now i'd like to uh, uh, also sort of mention them um, you know, for what you guys do and an tupino does know it's I only, I, I have to admit I don't listen to that many podcasts, but yours is one I listen to religiously. And I think, um, without giving you a big head or anything, I think what you're doing in the industry and op- giving to operators advice uh, and everything else, it's uh, it's required and it's needed. And I, I commend you for it. And uh, I know you're looking at doing it for a year, and I know you've, you're now going to be doing it for another year, etc. And everything So hopefully, fingers crossed, you can you can continue it and keep it going. So.
1: Yeah, the, the plan is, you know, we'd recruit some sponsors because obviously, like you said, got to keep family happy and put food on the yeah. table and everything else. You know, as much as I love doing this, I can't really afford, uh, you know, another expensive hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just think that, you know, what I'm trying to do with the podcast is, you know, Chris, you you are an expert in your field. You pay, People pay you to market their tours and activities. I've always worked for an OTA. I've not run my own tour business. So what I try and do on the Tourpreneur Show is the guest is the expert. The guest is the guru. I want to help flatten the learning curve by sharing someone's challenges or a nightmare situation they had or how they got started. And I think the most encouraging thing for me is the amount of people who write and say, hey, you know what? I've been thinking of running my own tour for years. I wasn't sure how to go about it. I love listening to your show. You know, I'm planning on launching next year. What I call Tourpreneurs in Waiting because – you know the great thing about you know capitalism and and market economy and the free market is we have the tools to do this and we have the tools to get out there and make a living doing what we love. You know we're you know I, I read a lot online about people the doom and gloom merchants and uh, that's going stuff going on in the world. But when you look at the economy and the tools we have, we can build a business. It's not easy. It's tough. I know many fail, but the tools are out there yeah. and the knowledge is out there that enable us to to make a living doing something we
0: love. Yeah. Oh, definitely! Yeah, I can't wait for the entrepreneur global event to happen at some point. When you bring it all together, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I
1: leave the experts like Douglas <laughs> and Bruce and Alex to do events. Like you know, that's uh, I'm more than happy to support all yeah. the the tour operator events that are out there. Yeah. But I appreciate the word of confidence. But,
0: totally uh, yeah. So, so uh, I, I would like to finish on sort of. Um, I know I uh, who I would select, but with all the tour operators you've spoke to or seen uh, over the last twelve months, who's been your uh, uh, most outstanding tour operator that you've came across so far? You would think. I know you've probably got so many you can choose, but if you had to pick one, who would it be?
1: You know, I think I I think we're gonna pick the same one here, and that's Invisible Cities. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly who I'm gonna pick. Yeah. You know, and I love what Zakira is doing. I love her passion for this. She's not doing it to be a celebrity. Mm-hmm. She really believes in her mission and the fact that they donate a hundred percent of their profits back. No, not fifty percent, seventy percent, it's a hundred percent of their profits back. Um, it's really hard not to be motivated yeah. by that and inspired by it. So that that's one I'd pick. And then I think the other one actually, um, just to put another one in there. Is is Jesse at walk on the wild side tours mm-hmm. in New York City because you know he was telling me he loves music he loves punk post punk and all that and he's built his own tour around walking tours around these sites in New York, which is a very expensive place yeah. to live, and you know I went on the tour with him and he said yeah you know I, I'm making profit now now I'm making a living it's taken me eight months mm-hmm. and. You know, take my hat off to, to him because you know it, it's hard work, it's it's lonely what we do. It can be quite isolating because our friends don't understand our industry. And you know, I I, I so yeah, I mean all the tourpreneur guests are great, they're gonna be wrong, but that story kind of resonated with me. Yeah. Thought, wow, he's taking his passion for music, built a
0: business mm-hmm. around it, making a living in New York City, one of the most expensive yeah. cities in the world. And that's when you make the most successful tours, it's when it's something you're passionate about, you can tell good stories, you know, to highlight the experience and but that to me, that's a from a marketing company's point of view, that's an absolute dream to work with because that's what you want. Yeah. You know? um, but no, I agree with the first one, no. uh, Invisible Cities. And, and for anyone listening or watching who doesn't know who Invisible Cities are, watch the arrival video uh, that they posted yeah. up. Um, she was one of the first speakers who Zakia basically takes um, homeless people, t- turns them into tour guys, and basically gives them a life back. And I, I know for a fact that after that speech at arrival, the amount of people who came up to her uh, and spoke to her through that whole event was incredible. Um, And the amount of awards that she has won this last year as well has been well justified. So it's, it's a, it's a company I keep watching. I love what she's doing and long may continue.
1: And I, what I like about Zakir, she's honest. She doesn't Mm -hmm. BS. She says, you know, yeah, sometimes it's tough to get those guys to turn up on time and, and, you know, look presentable Mm -hmm. because, you know, that's the, but you know, she's honest about that. Quote her, she said, it's bloody hard. Yeah, and, that's why I admire her as well. She's not getting up like a Gwyneth Paltrow saying, you know, this is like unicorn poop or yeah. whatever. You know, she's really saying, yeah, this is... <laughs> Sorry, Gwyneth, I know you listen to the show. and <laughs> Chris Martin. I don't like Coldplay. Um... <laughs> you, and me, you, you and me both. <laughs> uh, brilliant.
0: No, uh, but no, I, I respect the fact she's being honest about how tough it is. Yeah. No, no, true. He's Ali and no, no, I, I, all credit to her. No, she's It's a very, very hard job, but... Um... But no, giving people the life back is is such an incredible thing, and doing it in a way that the thing I like about what she does with the business is it's, it's not a charity; it's actually set up mm-hmm. as a proper business. So it, it, it gives the people that she's helping um a sense of security because it's, it's seen as a job, not as a, a handout, as it were. So it's uh, she that's incredible. I'm a big 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 fan. Big big fan.
1: I'm uh, excited. I'm chatting to her shortly. I'm going to start next year. Um. The first tour of an interview will be with her because I want that Excellent. inspiration. You know, January can be a tough month, right? Mm-hmm. You've had Christmas, New Year, and it's like back to it. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I want to start the year with some inspiration. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I don't think there's anyone who can beat her right now in our space, especially just
0: after the Christmas and New Year period. You know, especially for a lot of homeless people, and that's that's yeah. going to be our. There should be some good stories and things like to tell from that one. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so finally, what would you say is your, what are you what you're looking forward to in 2020? What do you think is going to happen in the next year? Oh
1: really tough question i don't know i think there's gonna i think i agree with you i think there's gonna be more acquisition news i think
0: yeah. i think it's gonna be a lot more of it than it has been over the last couple of years i think 2020 is going to see a massive amount of acquisitions and some surprising people coming in whether it's a, an amazon or something along that sort of lines coming in and buying one of the systems or one of the otas the yeah. or whatever i think i think it's gonna be a big shake-up in 2020 personally but I also hope, and again, I
1: know this is really difficult for tour operators to to to, um, to offer, but I would love to see dynamic pricing coming in as well this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I just think there's such a big opportunity there to, you know, sell spaces on your bus when you're quiet and you know have a premium price when you're busy. Uh, again, I know this is really really hard in terms of the technology, and but I would love to see that
0: come in. Yeah, no, definitely. But again, that's why a lot of the OTAs are having issues is nothing standardized at the moment Um, the industry really needs to have a more standardized system and I know a lot of the booking platforms might not like that but there has to be something to standardize the industry like it did with flights and like it did with hotels because it's not going to it's going to get to a stage where it can't grow any further or it's always going to be sort of left behind in in, compared to the other industries so it has Mm. to something has to happen and over the next couple of years hopefully that will that will happen at some point so
1: the other thing I'd like to see happen, maybe a bit controversial, is I, I would like to see Airbnb become a proper OTA. You know, mm-hmm. all these policies they have about minimums and you can only take air which they turn a blind eye to a yeah. lot of that. you know, you can only take Airbnb. You know, they again, they're sat on a lot of data. And I'm thinking of the tour operator out there, particularly those who have more specialist tours, um, you know, using Airbnb. I know they're being very picky who they're working with. I'm like, oh, come on, just be an OTA. Mm-hmm. Have, you know, you can still curate yeah. and have something slightly different than the main OTAs, but I really would like mm-hmm. to see them just become an OTA. No, I
0: agree. Uh, and t- I'll, I'll put my hands up anywhere I'm going in a destination. The first place I look at is an Airbnb. But, uh, see, I haven't bought an experience on Airbnb yet, but certainly for accommodation, um, yeah. uh, it's the yeah. first place I look at. Um, so, but no, I think they they're sitting on a little gold mine there. If they just they, all they need to do is push that button, and they can really blow up and grow. No, i think
1: so. I, I think you're right and i think you know we're, as i said the big pain point i've heard about in 2019 we'll hear it again next year is discovery
0: how do my tours get discovered and they could play a huge part in that and to be fair enough booking are moving more out of the experience space that opens the door for airbnb in my opinion so why yeah. not push a button on it so i agree so it's gonna be interesting times that's for sure
1: Definitely. That's why we do what we do. Every morning I wake up and I write the brief. It's like, okay, what what's happened today? You know, who's resigned? You know, who's been bought? What new tours are out there? You know, it's it's just such a, and I know it, it can be a frustrating industry to make money at as well, but it's I I, I can't see myself ever working in another industry. Yeah. And especially like
0: you say what we do is best part of travel as well. Mm-hmm. Uh so it's exciting. Oh, for sure. No, I'm the same, mate. It's I'm so ingrained in this industry now, so invested in it, and I love it. It's yeah, it'd be hard to to hard to work in anything else. Definitely. <laughs> well, Shane, it's been an absolute pleasure. We need to do this more often. I think maybe. I to, think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Doing, doing about, maybe every every six months or something. We'll do a little review of what's happened at least or something like that. And, Combine our forces and do another wee mashup. I think that'd be.
1: I think that'd be. Yeah. I think that'd be great. And uh, you know, what what do the listeners think? That's the important yeah. thing. Just like with tours, asking guests, have Chris and I, you know, rambled on too much here and rambled, or have you enjoyed it? Let us know on our respective social media channels, because uh, that's what puts gas. Sorry, petrol. In our tanks right <laughs>
0: yeah diesel or unleaded that's what we know <laughs> yeah so uh yeah even my son he, he obviously uh my son's gonna be four in january and he he as uh, any kid is is glued to their ipad etc uh, and he's he i went to the petrol station he said are you putting gas in the car and i'm like oh god no he's <laughs> oh he's watching too many american shows etc i was like oh right okay <laughs> True. If, start, true. if I start if we start spelling spelling color without the U, I'll be I'll be mentally unhappy. So,
1: I hear you. i have to be careful. I'm an American citizen now, so you know I have yeah. to adhere the both. I have to be bilingual.
0: Of course, of course. No, and I, I'm I'm only I only kid, but no, we did invent. Well, I was Yeah, I was going to say we did invent the, the the language first, but Scots didn't. It was really English. So there we go. <laughs> even 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 we don't speak proper English. <laughs> well I'm a Welshman so I'm with you there <laughs> but oh Shane absolute pleasure let's do this again and as you say if the listeners love love this episode or, or the watchers love this episode if you want to see it again just leave comments and we'll, we'll look to do more of this so cheers Chris right, thanks cheers